Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. I'm Whitney Baker from Electric Ideas, and this is a mini jolt, a short episode where I share quick tips and reflections to light you up with a greater sense of what's possible for you and your life. So one of my goals for 2023 was to travel by myself to some sort of retreat. And last weekend, I had a pretty incredible opportunity to bring this to life. I flew, I rented a car, I drove into the Blue Ridge Mountains, not really knowing what to expect. I visited a center that's called the Art of Living, and I experienced three days in their signature happiness retreat. It was a very special weekend for me. I had lots of time to read and write and hike and daydream. But there's also quite a bit of structure. I was with a group of about 15 people, and we had classes and learnings for hours each day. So that felt very on par with my commitment to continue to learn and grow and share right along with all the women in the Electric Ideas community. So to be honest, while I'm still digesting and practicing some of the new tools, for example, that I learned during this pretty transformative, I can honestly say, long weekend. I want to share a couple insights that are top of mind as I reintegrate into my everyday life for how I can just mindfully continue to cultivate happiness now in my day-to-day. So here's one idea that we talked about at the retreat that I've been thinking about a lot this week, and that is being aware of negativity bias. And there were some intense moments in this retreat because these were strangers and every day there was some meditation and yoga and breath work and that sort of thing. But there was also kind of a deep teaching and some exercises with the group. And sometimes it was really vulnerable. I mean, I really did not know what I was stepping into. For one of the exercises we did there, we were divided into groups of three. And the instructor informed us that each one of us would have eight minutes to tell our life story. The only instructions were that no one could interrupt. We all had to just practice deep listening. We couldn't prompt the person or confirm or add to their story. And they had eight minutes and they, no matter what, they had to keep telling their life story. Obviously, this was pretty vulnerable. I wasn't quite prepared for this. But what I found interesting is I opened my mouth to talk because I just had to go. I didn't have any time to think or mentally prepare What I ended up talking about for more than probably two minutes was how I came into the world as a baby with a serious heart condition that I had turned blue within a few weeks of being born and was rushed to the hospital. Luckily, there was a cardiologist on staff in the ER that recognized a syndrome that I had and probably saved my life. What I found interesting is a lot of people in the telling of the story shared some, yes, basic biographical information, but it seemed like people just naturally gave a lot of time to the trials that they face in life, me included. And I'm sharing this because I think it's a really good lived example of what 
researchers call negativity bias. So research has shown that negativity bias is this pretty pervasive cognitive phenomenon. Negative information or experiences typically have an impact that is two to three times stronger than positive information or experiences on our emotions and on our just overall well-being. A lot of scientists talk about how negativity bias makes sense from an evolutionary perspective because the bias is believed to have evolved as a survival mechanism. Our ancestors who had to be hyper-attuned to potential threats and dangers were more likely to survive if they kept a focus on negative information and threats in their environment. So some researchers posit that as a result, our brains have become wired to pay closer attention to negative information. So all this is to say is that it's time for us to be aware that the human mind tends to give more weight and attention to negative events and emotions compared to a positive one. Another way we probably live this out is we're having a pretty normal or even a good day and one stressy or bad thing happens and that's what we tell everybody about at dinner, for example. I'm simply encouraging us to step back and understand the inclination of the mind to recall and remember negative events. So in a nutshell, stay aware of negativity bias. We know from studies that negative experiences and emotions are stickier for us compared to positive ones. And just remember on our bad days that while we want to honor all of our emotions, that because of how we're wired, we might have to get a little bit more intentional about being grateful and happy about things that are happening for us in our life right now. All right, moving on to the second insight from my retreat. Part of this retreat was learning some deeper transformative breathing techniques. And it was really interesting because for me, I teach meditation and I'm fairly familiar with some breathing techniques that I've used and even taught. But there's some people who this is all brand new to. And one insight I have, this might not be popular, is that I think it's kind of annoying when people always say, just breathe, just breathe. Okay, obviously we're all breathing or we wouldn't be here. I can say a lot about this topic, but for today's purposes, I just want to highlight that I think the breath can be a tool to anchor us to the now and living in the moment. And that's where happiness is usually born. So I want to see if I can give you a little bit more perspective on breathing. So it's not just the cliche of just breathe. So picture yourself in a few of these emotional states and what they potentially do to your breathing. For example, maybe if you were surprised, how might your breath sound? Maybe, or if you were angry, just be silly with me for a moment. If you were angry, maybe it'd be like, hmm. We also know that many people take shallow breaths when they're anxious or stressed. And when we are in this anxious and stressed mode, maybe we're worrying about a project due next week or getting travel plans booked for Thanksgiving, whatever it is, it can stand in the way of our ability to drop into the present moment and create happiness now. So if we can acknowledge that our emotions influence our breathing patterns, what if we can also reverse the equation? What if we can use our breath as a tool to impact our state of mind consciously? This is what doesn't click for people when people say, just breathe. 
this whole idea that breathing is a two-way street, that experiencing certain emotions in the mind and body can cause us to breathe in certain ways, but we can reverse engineer that. And by practicing breathing in certain ways, we can help our mind and body return to a more relaxed, often happier state. I'm going to keep it real with you right now. I never record on Fridays and I never record when my kids are home, but this was just what needed to happen today because I was just so excited to talk to you about this topic. And since I've been recording, even though I let my kids know my husband is home if they need something and I only need 20 minutes, I'm going to be done really soon. I've had a call asking if someone can go somewhere. I've had someone who decided to play the piano, even though that probably isn't the best time if I'm recording. I had a note slipped under my door, which was very nice, but still a little bit distracting. Probably could have waited 20 minutes to see where the cupcake mix is. So instead of letting these little inconsequential things cause stress and take me out of the moment, I'm able to consciously use my breath to drop back into the now and focus on being here with you, which is where I want to be in this given moment. If this is making sense to you and you'd like to learn a very simple breathing technique, you can listen back to episode 65 of the Electric Ideas podcast, where I teach a very simple technique. The episode is called Pause Before You Say Something You Regret. So just to recap, breathing works both ways. It's a reflection of our emotions. It will show up how we're breathing is usually how we're feeling, but we can reverse engineer that system and have it go the other way. And we can use breath as a tool to consciously cultivate our state of mind and be more present. And when we're more present, we're usually in a better place to experience happiness. And so I know so many respected leaders who talk about how energy flows where attention goes. So I just want to make sure you leave this episode with an awareness of how inclined we are to anchor to the negative and challenge ourselves to find ways that are meaningful for us to appreciate and hold in gratitude the positive things that happen in our day-to-day lives. Since I just had this very special experience at this happiness retreat, I will share two questions that I was asked to consider there as part of my homework during the retreat. They are one, what do I need to be happy? And two, when will I be happy? These are profound questions. I hope you can give yourself the gift of reflecting on them in whatever capacity you'd like to do so. And if you come up with some answers, I'd like to hear from you. I'd love to hear your opinion. I always encourage people in the Electric Ideas community to share because it's a generous act. People see themselves in you. You never know who you're going to inspire. So if you're feeling generous, share your answer to these questions. What do I need to be happy? When will I be happy? Share them out in your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at, at Whitney Woman, and I'll share them with everybody this week. Don't be shy because you never know who you might inspire. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a happy day. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at, at @whitneywoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.